You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Yubi Doobie Dud podcast, podcast, podcast. Hooper, W H O, Hooper Do. So we'll get into it. Uh, we're not going to fucking be too hard on Hubie. We've been sticking up for him this week. The guy needs more time. However, we do have some qualms that we will be bringing up. Um, obviously, look, I still think they probably deserve the win in Edmonton or against Edmonton oh. at home. Except we got Connor McDavid did again. Connor McDavid did. McNeck bearded. That uh, the goal he scores. Um, the tying goal. Anybody listening to this podcast could have saved that. I still <laughs> am fucking furious about that. Because honest, if you, really, honest to God, this little spiral we've gone down, you can trace it back to that fucking moment in time when your goddamn goalie can't make a goddamn save on the goddamn half board. Yo, I figured the, here's the pattern. The, the, the season has... The, things have gone off the rails following two similar events. So the Flames drop one nothing against the Oilers on a great Michael Backlund shorthanded goal. Oh. Ne- the next shift, he goes down and gets another breakaway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But passes it for some reason, and the Oilers come down and score. Kind of reminded me of in game two, the Flames are up 2 nothing on the Oilers, one nothing in the series. Backlund has a breakaway and completely flubs it. And, Shoots and, it into the corner. Uh, it was shit from all then. So, man, we can trace this back to Michael Backlund on a breakaway. And Jacob Markstrom can't stop a fucking beach ball. <laughs> Funny how it's the common denominator again, folks. Well, here's the thing that pissed me off about the Oilers game, because like you said, I did think they deserved to win. But the thing that was weird, everybody was like, um, like mad at Markstrom for what I thought was like, like it wasn't because he came out of his net, right? Like everyone's like, oh, stay in your net. Or other people defending him saying like, they want their goalies to play the pocket. It was like, I don't care if he's out of his net. A shot from that angle, from that far away, no matter who is shooting it, whether it's freaking Brett Hull or Connor McDavid or Brett Ritchie, should not go in the net. No matter if you're in out of your net. It, it wasn't the fact he came out to play the puck. It was the fact that he let in a shot from a terrible angle. I guess people are thinking that he let it in because he couldn't readjust quick enough because he was out back there. Like, again, I mean, maybe I was at the game and I saw it kind of looked like that live, maybe, but still, you have to make that save. I was getting worried when the puck was getting rimmed around. I was like, this doesn't feel good. Then he goes back from like, okay, this is probably good. Stop that, stop that, misses it in the back of the net from the half boards. Well, and again, the D should be there. Like, McDavid shouldn't be the first guy to that puck, but that shot shouldn't go in. No, no, it definitely shouldn't. Um, and then I mean, the the game winning goal is fluky as all hell, man. Yeah, it was. It didn't honestly. It looked like a great goal, 
on the on live. I didn't even see it till later that it was a fluke. It looked like a good goal live. It looked oh, like yeah, I know it was totally pretty passing play, but such a fluke. But I guess if you're McDavid and you're generating yeah. chances like that, then well, they're going to go in. Yeah, that's where but I was like, going to go with this. Is like when we lose to the Oilers, it's because their best one players, person. yeah, their best player players elevate their games and make big plays at key moments in in the game, and ours don't. And it's not like the Flames played that. I, I think it was the best game Lindholm and Huberto specifically had. But, and like, even with Markstrom, right? It's like at key moments in the game against the Oilers when we lose, their big players make big plays in our stone. And I know that's a generalization because there's a whole new set of guys here. But that seems to be the difference in games against the Oilers because, yeah, they played a pretty good game, but... I think Daryl even said it. It was like the big boys were the difference. Like nobody stepped up on the flames, including the goalie. And I get it. Markstrom has been fine. And sure, you don't want to crucify him for one bad goal. But when it's the Oilers and it's a big game and Stuart Skinner, their backup, who's like a rookie pretty much. Stunk last night. Yeah, (laughs) that was awesome. That was awesome. That was the consolation for the shit show in Calgary last night. Well, could you imagine though? Could you imagine though? Because how good did that feel after you watched the shit show last night against the Nashville Predators? It was a bomb. That that might be the worst game we've seen in two years. Oh, totally. And not even close. But then you see the Oilers blow it in, was it seven seconds? Seven seconds. (laughs) Late in the, late in the period, like three minutes left, maybe five minutes left of the game. Last quarter of the third period. Two goals in seven seconds. It's amazing how good that made me feel. I think it's I think it's unhealthy how good that made me feel. So much of how I feel on a daily basis has to do with whether the Calgary Flames and Edmonton Oilers are winning or losing. It's pathetic. I'm pathetic. I was yeah, I was uh, I was so pissed, and then it was just like bomb on a nice fresh wound. Exactly. That was Stewart. very soothing. So Stuart wet the bed last night, but he, but again, like Markstrom shouldn't be losing out. You shouldn't be being outplayed. And again, this is Oilers specific because as we all know, we're probably going to have to play these losers in the playoffs that we need to beat them this year. Because if I have to talk, see one more four, one comment or talk to one more Oilers fan, I'm going to kill myself. But Jacob Markstrom, that's the problem. It's not that like, Hey, you were so bad. This is your fault. It's that you need to outplay Mike Smith. In the playoffs, oh you need God, to outplay dude. Stuart Skinner in the game. You and- need to outplay a rookie. Yeah. So, and, and right, so that's supposed to be our advantage against the Oilers. We don't have McDavid. I we don't have Dreisaitl. We don't have these high-end guys, but we are supposed to have the edge in net. I see a new brand new article every fucking day about how great our goaltending is. And, and defense and, also. Well, yeah. Are you kidding me? The defense last night? The goaltending last night? I mean, I'm not going to say it was a goaltending problem. It was definitely a team offense, neutral zone, and defense yeah. problem. Just sucked right across the board. But we were not good defensively last night. Not one bit. Oh, it was and a even, mess last night. And even those games against Seattle and, oh. and Edmonton, I mean, these are bad turnovers. The game against Seattle, that uncharacteristic was a, yeah. turnovers, plural, cost you the fucking game which you had in hand. That should have been a win as well. That was a – the last two games have been very, like, Gullitson, Ward era-ish to me. Like Yes, the, and the for game, two different yeah. reasons. Because you for had sure. you had the game in the bank against Seattle. That should yeah. have been a win. And then you fucking blew it. So that's fucking Ward, Gullitson. But then the, the stinker? That you follow it up with the stinker? Yeah. That's what we didn't see pretty much 
at all last year was there was very little times when the Flames needed a response game where they didn't deliver last year, whether or not they won or lost. Right. And I think that's what I think a lot of people are missing. The point is like, it wasn't even that they won or lost. Exactly. Last night. And this is what Daryl talks about all the exactly. time. It's not whether you win or lose. It's what it's how you're playing. They played exactly. like shit last night. They play. This is right. It is early in the season. You started off great. You looked great. You should have beat Edmonton. You didn't. Because of fucking what we just talked about, one stupid ass play by a goaltender, and then you get Connor McDavid did it, did it again for the fucking eighth billionth time. Then you have a rebound game, you play pretty well, then you fucking blow it uncharacteristically, and then you're like, you need this is like a this is it's early in the season. Obviously, it's not absolute must win, but that's that's a small must win game. Or, I mean, yeah. or like you said, it's not even a must win. Just yeah. show up. Bingo. It's a must respond. Who cares about the outcome? We saw the response we saw was that's the response we saw and listened to. Like instead of a highlight pack, right? Turn on fucking Sportsnet, TSN, whatever. Oh, I missed the game. What did what did I miss? This is what you missed. So I missed. Don't even bother watching the fucking highlights. Again, against the okay. So like last night, well, again, talking about how like this was kind of like old flamesy kind of like gullets and award stuff. It was like, hey, bounce back game. No. Um, backup goalie. We've lost to three backup goalies in a row now. So Jesus, man. against a slumping team. Like, remember when we were like, we used to be the slump busters? Is like any team who would come through town and it was like, man, they are in a rut right now, having a rough time. It's like you play the this Flames. guy hasn't scored in 18, 800 games. Mark Jankowski has oh, literally. There you go. <laughs> broke his slump. We're the slump busters. That not was a, even yeah. not even kidding. There was a tweet going around, and I and I retweeted it saying this is a fact. Watch, and as somebody saying, "Oh, Mark Jankowski's in the lineup." I guess you know who's going to be scoring tonight against the Calgary Flames. First goal. <laughs> looked like, like a looked like a freaking. Tell me like, now. What did he look like? He looked like the best. Like he looks like, like what Jay Feaster on that goal. Jay Feaster, you know, in ten years time, he'll be the best player from the twenty twelve draft. He looked like the best player on the ice right there. Lucic standing there, Lindholm standing there, Rasmus Anderson doing God knows what. Dude, oh man, this is the only thing I hate about sports is these little fucking infuriating. I actually I didn't see the whole game because I was on a on a flight. So I caught the first period and then I was listening to it, trying to tune wow. in, trying to keep track. But am I wrong? No. Or did I, I know, do I know exactly how the game finished? Even though I missed the second half, <laughs> do I know exactly how I finished? Was it the exact same thing I've experienced a hundred thousand times in the last fucking five seasons? Was it the exact same thing? Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, funny. Just funny how thing. I know that <laughs> feeling. Well. You just you just knew like again in games oh, last year fuck. where it was like you know all those habits that had just driven us crazy not even habits but just hallmarks of the team's game that driven us crazy where it's kind of gone is like you know those games where and I don't want to say this too much because there have been games this year where they've come back like the Carolina game and the game before that that I'm not remembering and they've come back and won but it was just like Vegas. you knew yeah Vegas and here's my biggest beef with the last three games even though there's a lot of frustrating shit and a lot of stuff to clean up five on five, and they are not playing Daryl Sutter, Calgary flames hockey right now. If you score one goal on the power play between these three games, Oh my God. Win at least two of these games. How is this never ever in the history of everness been brought up by the media once 
Somebody, please, please, I beg of you, ask the fucking coach. Why does the power play stink again and again and again? And I would love to see someone bring up a metric because, yeah, it sounds like the only fucking monitoring thing you have for this power play is the percentage. But how about key goals? Can we get a key goal metric? I mean, I guess they did score a couple early in those first five game stretch, but now we're right back to reverting to where we were, what we've seen in the past four or five seasons of just like, could you please just when you have a power play and either two scenarios, you don't have to be like the Oilers where you score every goddamn one of them, just score one when you're behind and you need a spark. Oh, here's a power play. Oh, great. Fucking flames. What are they going to do? Get scored on? Or you're, the game, you're up by one or two goals. Man, you could really put some space between you and the, and the opposition on the exactly. scoreboard if you got a fucking timely power play goal. So why is it so bad? Why? I don't understand how. If it's Kirk Muller, why does this guy still have a job? Is his job not based on results? Is why did he based, change something? Is his job based on other results? Like how happy the players are? I don't understand it. Because this guy, we've got dick all results of this power play. Why is there no one-time option? I swear to God, every time I watch highlights, every fucking night, you go watch the highlights, spend five minutes, you're going to see fucking six power play goals every single night scored from somebody crossing, passing it across the ice to some guy that one-times into an empty net. And it was wide open. It was like, wow, that looked easy. For us, I can't, we can't even attempt it. We can't even set score up. Score a power play goal is like a feat of just like it's so many things have to go right. It's, it's a fucking miracle. Yeah. And if you look at the amount of talent you have on PP one, because exactly. the same amount of talent we had on PP one last year, except the guy with the least amount of talent is the fucking funnel guy. <laughs> Everything has to come through Rasmus Anderson from the point. It's just like the setup is terrible. The execution's brutal. So you have. Two of those things. I mean, you're hoop before you start. You're fucking. Didn't they get allow a shorthanded goal against Seattle? Was that what it was? Yeah, it was a turnover on a terrible play by Caudry. Uh, turned it over his hand, but at oh, Anderson yeah. Anderson handcuffed him. Like even Daryl said after the game, it was like that's a play we never use in the neutral zone. I don't know what Rasmus was doing. So here's the thing: in all three of these games, like I said, I have a lot of gripes with how they played, like five on five, and just how some individuals are rolling right now. Yep. But if 100%. you get if you get one power play goal in in one of these games, you have two extra points. So the Oilers game again playing a pretty good game until McDavid scored that shitty goal. They had kept them under control. Like it wasn't like oh where's McDavid? He had made some nice plays, but they had a, kind of a lid on him and Drysaddle. It was like he, he wasn't really creating much, wasn't really doing much. The Flames were controlling the game. They get a few strings of power plays. Kind of like it was in the second or early in the third. I can't quite remember. And they did dick all on them. Sweet dick all. Like absolutely nothing. Like, do you think the the Oilers, well, not the Oilers players, just Connor McDavid and Drysdale just sit there laughing on the bench? Seriously. At how much better their power play is than ours? I mean, you're talking about that Edmonton game in particular, just Edmonton in general, how their better players are better than our better players. I mean, Yes, they always elevate. Ours never like just they're that much better. And that's what I'm honest. Yeah. And like that's what I'm saying. Connor McDavid and Leandro are so much better than our best players. And fucking it's starting to piss me off. Yeah, it's infuriating. So the Flames have what three power plays? They had zero high danger chances. 
This is Edmonton. Um, this is uh, this is against Edmonton. They didn't even register a scoring chance on the power play against Edmonton in that game. At least they were a decent five on five. They had one shot. <laughs> one shot. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. you score a power play, you get a big goal from your big guys. Again, Huberto's struggling five on five. Lindholm's struggling five on five. Kadri's been he's been good, but he's been a little up and down lately. Manjapani's struggling. You get one power play goal. Those guys need if you're not going to do it five on five, you need to come through on the power play. You need to score a goal there. Move to the Seattle game. It's 4-2. Not only do you have a chance to put this thing away after Seattle had just scored, but you 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 allow a shorthanded goal just in the most shitty fashion. Again, Rasmus Anderson is kind of bugging me right now, and Daryl has not been particularly impressed with the defense based on his comments last night, saying the D have not been good. And Anderson has been all over the place and has been really sloppy and has just been kind of a mess in the last few games. What is he doing there? I know Kadri gave the puck away, but Anderson just handcuffs him there. I don't want to jump all over the place, but these guys need a road trip. They also I mean, need a need, swift kick in the you go goal. You go on the... I mean, Anderson in particular comes up for me because you, you go on the Instagram, you see the swags or whatever it is. Is the wags? The wives? The, there's an Instagram account that has all the flames, wives, all the posts, they repost it. It's just like, these guys have been home for too long. They have Anderson. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at put Rasmus up in a hotel. I'm glad they're having fun and they're all dressed up for Halloween and shit. But it's just like they need to get away from the women for a bit. Focus on hockey. Because fuck, do they stink right now? This last game was just fucking god awful. And then last then night you you're have sitting the, you're sitting in the dome last night, and look, the dome was a weird place. Ooh, if man. if it's if there's excitement, it's off the charts. But if there's no excitement, it's fucking mausoleum. And you put out a performance like that, it's going to be really hard for the crowd to get into the game. Now you're 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 building negative momentum in the opposite direction right now. When really you needed to fucking put a plug in, put a plug in the momentum drain that just has started to happen here. Yeah, and I mean that it's just a buzzkill win, right? Like they kind of get back into the game last night. Coleman scores a goal, and they have a power play like oh, right fuck. after, and they didn't even get a shot. Is there a parlay for fucking Flames power plays? Can I just start making money Seriously? at least? I would <laughs> right? love to start betting against these over under guys. that they get a, a sh- over under that they gain a zone entry on this power play. Jeez, can make so much money. You fucking. Quadruple but your money. To me, that's the most frustrating thing is like, hey, when your big guys aren't like, I get it, five on five, the system is new for a lot of these guys, but you got to score on the power play. You have to. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a good point, man, because you're right. One, just one, even one power play goal, we're probably not having the same intense conversation we're having right now. I mean, social media is freaking out after last night for good reason. Yeah, it was terrible it's, last night. It's not even just the loss. It's like we said, it's the fucking the manner in which you lost, which was the most disappointing because you're here. I mean, Huberto was was in the media saying you haven't seen nothing from me yet. I know I've sucked, blah, blah, blah. Don't worry, I'll be good. You know, people are starting to get on Huberto's case. Media is starting to ask questions, this and that. I I think funny thing is like I'm not even I'm not even worried. I'm just fucking infuriated right now. 
Yeah, I'm, just in, like I, I'm annoyed more than worried. Exactly. Just like I wasn't excited on last episode when we're five on one, five and one. I wasn't excited. Now I'm not worried. At least they're gonna fucking go. They're gonna figure this out. I mean, look at the roster. Look at the coach. I'm not worried. Good thing this is happening now. I mean, you could look at it that way. You'd much rather you're still a game above 500. And I don't know. It'd be nice if you could make hay at home, but I just think this has been too many games at home to start the season, man. Like, well, and the for some reason, I don't know the line. They're not pop- even playing games. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they've played three games. They're sitting since around last at home. They're sitting doing around nothing. Home. Yeah, guys sitting around at home. This is what this month's been all about. Yeah. Um. But the lines have been a conversation, a topic of conversation for people as well, as to why they're struggling. And I think it's pretty evident this team needs some goal scoring help somewhere because they they're having a hell of a time scoring goals. Elias Lindholm has two goals. Huberto has one goal. Like Brett Ritchie is leading the team at five on five points. It's, it, it could use some. It could use some help up front. I think. Well, I'm gonna. I got a bit of a theory because I've been thinking about this, and I think Lindholm is a big cause of all our problems right now. If, and I know we had this conversation before last season, because for you and me there was still a debate: is Lindholm a legit one C? After, well, not even after, quarter of the way halfway through last season, nobody even questions it. Yes, he's definitely a legit one C. Lindholm has, and I get it, it's an adjustment for him as well. Big time. We talked about it in the last one. Huberto and Gaudreau are completely, completely different players. As similar as they are in terms of their setup guys, pass first mentality, all that kind of stuff, playmakers, they don't play hockey the same way at all. So that's a big adjustment. But look at what Kadri's done. He's He's been the biggest driver on that line. And Majipani's been great. I mean, they split up the lineup, so Doobie's not on there. But if Lindholm could drive his own line, even what, what's his expected? Yeah, is he, is he's he, is he he's under, been a mess. Yeah. Is he under fifty? Yeah. On the season, he uh, even if even if he was fifty-one percent, just even or even just fifty, he can't. He's not driving his own line on his own. He's not giving these guys time to adjust. I don't. I don't know. I guess the other question is, how much fucking time do you need? NHL player, professional player that makes eight fucking million dollars a year plus. How much fucking time do you need? So I get the frustration, but I don't know, man. Um, If Lindholm was able to, man, maybe that's the thing is like, because you said this, I think on the last one is that Lindholm doesn't really carry the puck up ice that great. He doesn't really distribute it through the neutral zone that great. Johnny Gaudreau was the main guy doing that, getting passes from getting unreal breakout passes from Chucky. So he hasn't been really driving that line at all. And that wasn't his role in the past, right? He was sound defensive hockey, then fucking wait for Johnny Gaudreau to feed you. I don't know. Toffoli has been the best guy on that line. Yeah, totally. Which is kind of surprising. Well, Um, nobody, nobody saw that coming. He was the biggest question mark. Yeah. So was it was it the Oilers game where the the blender started, the line blender? I think he's. St- I think the lines were okay. It was that was the last game that they were the like Huberto, Lindholm, Toffoli, Kadri, Dubé, Manjapani. I I think it finished that way. 
Um, but then the next game against Seattle is where the blender came out. There was a few we saw Lucic. This was the Huberto had to take shit game. So we saw Lucic playing with Lynn Holt. That was epic. <laughs> I think you had to take a shit. He's been on fire in the media lately. Holy shit. Like he has had it. It's so good. Somebody's yeah. like, so, so is that Huberto's problem? He's like, it's not a problem. It's your problem. <laughs> That's what is I Tana, said. Is, is Tana playing tonight? Unless can you stop asking me uh, roster questions? Unless the league mandates it, well, I'm not gonna be here letting my opposition know who, who I'm dressing. Dude, uh, he had one the other day that was so good. Again, like as much as he's coaching the players, he's coaching the media, and it's so it's so great. So again, everybody's questions every day are the same. Hey, what have you thought of Elias Lindholm game? What have you thought of Jonathan Huberto's game? Hey, how what's your thoughts been on Tyler Toffoli? Like, and Daryl's like he said it a bunch of times. He's like, stop asking me questions about individuals, but he keeps saying it. They keep ignoring it. But uh, he said the other day, he was like, this, you guys, it's the same things you guys were saying that got this team into trouble back when I first got here. I was like, oh, it's all about Johnny or Monty or Chuck or Gio. And he was like, now it's the same thing, right? You're, every day, it's like, what's wrong with Huberto? What's his problem? He's, is he the reason you suck, right? Right. It's, it was so good. So good. And it's true. Like, is the team playing well as a team right now? Not really. Well, I think that's the biggest thing I've seen the last two games is that the the team defense is falling apart. Well, again, even like I say, it reminds me Golitsini board era. Even the way they're, you know, skating up the ice, not not playing fast enough, not playing with pace. Um, they haven't had the puck a lot very much in the last few games. Their breakouts have been not <laughs> not fast, not straight lines. They're all just kind of plodding around out there. It looks like a freaking bubble. North Division vibes last night is what I got. We, um, I think we talked about this maybe two episodes ago, which is if that top line can't figure it out at some point, you got to split it up. And we we were saying, imagine a line with Kadri, uh, Mangiapani and Huberto, which hasn't looked great either. But uh-huh. then you bring then you bring fucking Lucic <laughs> up to the top six. I mean, we all we've seen this a thousand times. It never works. It's never going to work. It never works ever. And look, we've held on to the fucking belief under Daryl Sutter. That there's a more of an intention behind it is more of a long-term play. So I'm holding on to that. I believe that he still knows what he's doing, but my God, dude. It's painful. Fuck is it painful? It's turn off the fucking TV and bang my head against the wall. Painful. Fucking stab my eyeball with a rescue. What is it? Screw? Screwdriver? Stick it right in there. It feels better. It feels better. And like the thing I don't get is like. Why Lucic? Why? Why like, fucking? Because oh, what did I say? I would. I back to two episodes ago. I was like, okay, hey, that would be like a sick top line. But then I think Coleman's playing so well. You bring Coleman up to the second line. Is he so essential now to play with Backlund that well, you gotta keep losing games because Lucic is in the fucking exactly? Top six? And that's the other thing that's kind of bugging me about these lines right now is that it's not even the configurations. It's that okay, Coleman and Backlund played like eleven minutes last night which was less than Lucic. 
That's the problem, too. It's not even just like the combinations. It's the fact that Coleman and Backlund, who have been your two best skaters up front by far, are playing way less than other guys. So it's not even that you're playing guys above where they should be playing. It's that bad players are playing way too much. If you want to base it on this season's performance, for now, put Backlund at 2C with Coleman, probably Dubé. Exactly. Like right now, Lindholm's your three C. Like, like he's well, killing, killing penalties, but he's not really doing much else. Listen, if you wanted to configure the the top six the best you could, you probably want to go Huberto, Kadri, Lindholm on right wing, and then the Mangiapane, Backlund, Coleman line together. At this point, why wouldn't you even just try it? Just give it a shot. Because I mean, I I'd be curious, like. I don't, this is something that Daryl doesn't do that kind of bugs me a little bit is like sometimes when the oil, well, a lot, when the Oilers are playing any game and they're behind, you'll see them, you know, like play McDavid with yeah. dry sidle together. Like when you're down a goal, throw Huberto, Lindholm, Kadri out there and put Lindholm on the wing. Just try it. Like th- those are your three supposedly best offensive players. Just give it a go. So, um, I don't know. I, I have a feeling we're not going to see Lindholm move to the wing, but, uh, I mean, if you wanted to configure your top six in the best possible way with the current guys on the roster, that probably would be the way to do it based on how everybody's playing. So who would be your 3C then? Um, I don't know. Either you move Dubé to center. I mean, Rosica did a fine job there last year in the games he played, but he was fine. Um, you could try Lewis there. You could try Rooney there. I don't know. Can't be much worse than it was last night. But yeah, you can't you can't be rolling Lucic. Like, how much did he play last night? He played like thirteen Dude. minutes or something insane. And I mean, it's look. And it, again, so, it's no slander on Lucic. Exactly, He's fine, but he shouldn't it's be fit playing for there. your role. Fit exactly. for your role. Lucic is fine in his role. And I thought he was even one of the better players last night. I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna it'll sort itself out. Yeah. Because you got Daryl at the helm. But it would be nice if you had another fucking top nine right now, eh? Yeah, you need another player in there. Or just like that's the thing. Call somebody up because the guys in front of them aren't doing dick all. And I mean, the other thing too is that I think that's maybe more alarming to me is that it's not even the offense that's bugging me so much because I think you know, we probably all overestimated how much it would how much it would suck losing two of the best players in the league. And even though we replaced him with some skilled guys, scoring goals was going to be an issue this year. We've kind of said that before. But the thing that's bugging me right now is that the weakness is the team defense, which is supposed to be the absolute pillar and strength of this team. Well, and you're supposed to have a world-class goalie who yeah. fucking – I'm still – I'm sorry. Until he redeems himself. I'm, well, I'm he gonna... was great last night, but still, it doesn't take away that Oilers thing. Where the fuck is Oliver Shillington? Yeah, we need him bad. Now Tanev's hurt at Blue Lines. The Blue Line is looking pretty bad right now. Like, use, how how could, nice would his speed be? How nice would Yusuf Mackey be right now? Well, I don't even know because it's such a bum for me right now. Fuck. You think he'd be an upgrade? I don't know. He looks good in Arizona, but I mean, Arizona sucks. So. So does that just mean Shillington's out for the season or what? I don't, I have no, like what, it's been a month? Like what has happened? I don't know, but man, I mean, you need his speed. You need his ability to break the puck out of the zone. You need his ability to join the rush. You need all of those things. Like whatever has happened must be hella serious. 
Well, Brad made a statement to say it's not like substance related or something. So it's not substance. Yeah. Maybe he's got uh he's maybe got some mental maybe health things going on or something. The thing that's funny, not funny, that reminds me of Shillington is like just because I know, you know, with like the guys, the, the the team needing another guy in the rotation up front is like everybody's like Matt Phillips or Pelche or Zari. It's like, I don't know why they don't give somebody a chance because it's like, remember when they banished Shillington for like two years and he wasn't allowed to play and like guys like Forbert and Nesterov were playing. Oh my God, and then Nesterov. it's like Shillington plays and he's really good. And it's like, yeah, no shit. We could have been using him the last two years. It's like, if you don't ever give any of these young guys a chance, and I get it. If 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 the guys, the vet guys, are there on merit, that's that's fine. There's a standard that needs to be met. But I mean, when Lucic is playing on your second line, and your team really needs a spark, I don't see why you don't give somebody a shot. I well, I don't I don't think that's the remedy to all their issues, though. I don't think you call Matt Phillips up and are suddenly like, yeah, we're playing back to playing the way we are supposed to play under Daryl. But, well, yeah, it's true. I mean, we, we have seen it a lot where you're like, oh, fuck, they finally got a chance, and then they kind of just stink. But not to say that that would happen, but I guess most people's point is how are you going to know? And what fucking – with what we saw last night, is it going to hurt you to try fucking Pelche in for one game? <laughs> or five games. Or instead of benching Rizika because he made a turnover um, and he never – he rides pine the rest of the game while Luigi turns the pucks over puck over on the game winning goal. And Anderson turns the puck over every other shift. They don't miss a shift. Just like, you know, forgive the poor young guy for making a mistake. But I mean, again, I think there's bigger problems. Like the fact Lindholm has not been good. The fact that the flames are allowing ridiculous amounts of scoring chances from period to period. The fact that your power play is absolutely... power play sucks. The fact that Anderson and Hannafin have been really rough the last, three or four games. Why don't they throw stone on PP one? If you insist on setting everything up through the blue line. Well, why don't you have his shot? Here's the thing. I don't mind if they insist on setting up everything from the blue line, but if you watch how the Oilers do it and how any team with a good power play is the, the reason for puck movement is to inch closer towards the net. If you yeah. watch right. And then you can have something from the, from the point that's like actually in the slot. When instead we do of, it, we back up instead of exactly, inching closer. It's like we inch back. Let's go farthest away from the net as possible. As like, is that to spread it out so they can get a rebound chance? I don't know, but it doesn't work very well. A lot at all. And don't they have one-time options on both sides from the point? Like if you look at, I can picture it in my head right now. You got fucking McDavid. Well, on McDavid's one wherever fucking... he wants, and then they usually have dry settle either on the right wing boards for a one timer, or he'll slide into the middle for that like middle bumper spot that he scored a million times on. And they just have so many different options. It's like that's what a power play should be: is options, not yeah. we're gonna lob it in and hope to get a rebound. Not fucking hope and praying that this fucking shot yeah. from the point. Is gonna generate something magically. Instead of generating ourselves, we're just gonna hope something gets generated by throwing it to the net. I mean, eventually it will, but like, fucking, yeah, eventually it will. Again, like, that's the idea behind playing like a, a high vault shot volume game at five on five. But on the power play, you need to prioritize quality and moving the puck would be my opinion. Dude, here's the thing: is it's like, can you even win a Stanley Cup without a 
a power play that can doesn't even have to be fucking. No, I mean deadly is nice. And because because yeah. think of like Chicago, Pittsburgh. Remember when Chicago was going on their run? Yeah, Seabrook and Keith on the, in the back end. You had Kane. It's just like Tane. every fucking. It was like such a pleasure to watch them go on the power play because like oh, this is, some bombs going to go and this is going to be a beautiful goal coming up. It was so good. Pittsburgh was like that with Latang on the back end, Malkin and fucking Crosby when they're going on a hot run. Fucking, oh my God, it's fucking all in there, dude. I know. It's just, it's, it it's is. Just, it's, it's, it's so it's, frustrating as a fan to watch when your power play stinks. Is, is the, yeah. When and you get a power play, you're like, oh, great. I they don't even this. seem to have any set plays. Like, I don't mind if the setup is kind of different than other teams. It's just like, they don't even seem to have any set plays. It seems to be like, uh, like ring around the freaking Rosie, ring around the horn, and like maybe if a shot lane opens up, we'll try a shot. Like, have you seen a set play on the power play in the last two years? Yes, Pastor Anderson backs up while shooting on his back foot right at the top of the blue line and hope it goes in. That's the fucking set play. Because, like, at least have a set play that you try that that's you want to get set up. That's why I'm like, throw stone there then. Yeah, so he can at least blast it. Because he'll, he'll, he'll actually score on, not the majority, but at least on a decent percentage of shots he takes from up there. I agree. Fuck. It's very annoying. And again, uh, the percentage you... the percentage is never bad. But again, over the last four games, they've gone over and they haven't had a big power play goal. Give me, it's like Daryl says, give me a guy, give me a power play who can score a big goal over a power play who scores a lot of goals. No fucking shit. All right, do we have an update on Lions from today? Not I think today yet. is an off day. Probably much Must to Daryl's chagrin. Um, but it's definitely an off day today, I think. I, I don't know what to do with those lines. I think you got to revert. I don't know. And I, he's probably just trying to get a spark. I'm not sure what he's trying to do. It's a lot of new guys, so you're probably trying to just kind of see what you have. Well, you kind of would figure that a line with Hubert Okadri and Manjapani would be money instantly. But Yeah, like I saw that, and I was like, I don't even care that Lucic on the second line because that top line looks dynamite, and they certainly weren't dynamite. Like, I think last night, I don't even know if they had a scoring chance as a line at 5-on-5. Five five. All right, let's go to Huberto. What's your honest take? Because um, we were sticking up from a bit on social media. People seemed to like that. Obviously, you got to give him some, some more time, but like – he is a legit good player, right? Or are we wrong? Or are we right? He is legit good, right? Because I mean, he hasn't hasn't looked, yeah, legit he, good outside of doing these little spin around backhand passes, which never lead to a to a goal. Outside of those, doesn't look that great. You'd think a guy who had ninety. It's weird. Him and Gaudreau had like I don't know what is with those seasons. 2018, 2019, and twenty one, twenty two. They both had really good seasons, career years. Ninety two points in 2018, 2019. 115 points last year. Sixty one and fifty five the year before in the bubble. But it's true. Like I think there is there's merit from both sides. Where okay, you don't want to worry, but it is a little weird that he hasn't looked like a very dominant hockey player. Like, that's what I keep coming back to is like, I don't know if there's been one shift this year where it's been like, whoa, Huberto is the best player on the ice. That shift. No, we've like, seen plenty shift. of those, plenty of those from Kadri so far. Exactly. Even plenty. Uger, right? Like we saw, let alone games where he takes over games, right? It's like. Manji Pani has been better than Huberto. Yeah. Like we've Toffoli seen. Foley has been yeah. better than Huberto. It's true. Huberto has been better than Linhol. And that's the thing. <laughs> 
Lindholm Richie is, is Lindholm. better than all of them. All of them combined, he's been better. But that's the thing, right? Like, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen a glimpse into what this guy can do at all. Like, he's been fine. Like, like if he, like, his underlying numbers are okay, which suggests to me that he's adjusting to Daryl's system probably more um, easily than people might be letting on. Like, because I think that was the worry is like, this guy is a really high octane offensive player. Can he play defense? in the way Daryl wants him to play. Can he check in the way Daryl wants him to check? I mean, his underlying numbers have been fine. So, well, I, so then... But I, I want to see the, I want to see why this guy is signed to the richest deal in franchise history and a guy who set the, the league record for assists by a left winger last year. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you are in for a great season. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on any team and get 200 bucks in free bets if they win. You can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. You can combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win in their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Where is that guy? The metrics kind of, in a sense, tell us that he he can really only go up. Like yeah. Maybe maybe this is as this is maybe this is as bad as he gets, which is actually still slightly above average in the NHL. If you look at his like expected goals for percentage, he's just at fifty percent, fifty point two one percent. That's like middle of the team. Like really, the only guys who have been good up front have been Backlund, Coleman, uh, Weger, and Toffoli. Everybody else has been kind of underwater a lot. Huberto is kind of like, you know, his possession game has been okay in terms of shot attempts percentage he's at 48 percent, which is the lowest amongst forwards on the team only Lindholm's right in front of him barely ahead of him so he hasn't been great I think is an understatement and I don't think it's fair to say he's gonna suck forever but I don't think you're wrong to be a little frustrated and concerned that we haven't seen much from this guy yet and it's like torture to go, not torture, but it's like you go, have you watched any Florida games? Holy shit. Matthew Kachuk didn't miss a beat. Fuck. Guy was on real last night. Three assists, 10 shots, 10 scoring chances. He was great. But that stat you sent me, is that lead league? Leading the league in, yeah, in yeah. expected goals? No, so he he's, I think he's like fourth or fifth. So he leads the league in uh, average game score. Oh, average game score. Average game score. I think he's pretty high up there in terms of expected goals for two. Like he's been really good. But that's where it's like, right? It's like we're seeing the we're seeing the immediate returns with the other guys. So that just makes it that much worse. That's the natural. But I mean, you'd be lying if you said you haven't been disappointed in his first eight, nine games as a flame. Oh, I'm extremely disappointed. Especially, hey, it's one thing if you're winning games, you're five and one, you're still being good teams. Yeah. But as soon as you start losing to Seattle and Nashville <laughs> in the manner well, of which even, you did. Even in Edmonton, right? Like we, we saw Caudry elevate his game and be the best player on the ice against the Oilers in that yeah. first game. Thank you. So I was like, hey, can we see what Huberto is going to be like in the Battle of Alberta? Like, can he, Could, can, he win us, can he win us a game? Exactly. Like, and he was fine, right? 
but it's kind I'm of like sure. Maybe it's not win us a game against McDavid and can you win us a game against Nashville? Yeah, or Seattle on a Thursday night <laughs> when it's fucking a two feet of snow on the ground. Maybe that's what's going on. He's just like finally realized it snowed the other day. It's sinking minus twenty seven on Wednesday, and he's like, "Holy fuck! What did I get myself into?" The the uh, <laughs> the terrible decision on picking the environment in which he did. <laughs> committed himself to is now sinking in. He woke like up you said, uh, Brad get her fucking get it done before the first snowfall happens. And I guess it wasn't wasn't October. It was it wasn't November. October. It was last week. It was oh, it was man. bad. I don't know what give us your prediction for um Huberto. Is it gonna turn it around and how soon? Well see and I'm not sure, right? Because I haven't seen Again, like the underlying numbers, he's been okay. I don't want to say he's been absolutely terrible, but I can't make a prediction on what he's going to be when I haven't seen even a glimpse of it yet. Like, Why have him and Lindholm failed to generate anything as a, as a duo? Well, I think that's like you said. I think that's more on Lindholm, right? Because, you again, like I keep coming back to this. Jonathan Huber scored 115 points playing with Sam Bennett last year. And I mean, that's not a slam on Sam Bennett. He's a fine player, but you'd think Lindholm's better than Bennett, right? You would, yeah. You would think that. But it seems... Not, to me, not right now, I don't. <laughs> maybe we should just trade back for Bennett. And Can we just trade our old players back? Do you think, can we just get Bennett back? Imagine there was a reset button that just like every team gets one every 10 years. But I think, I think it is true. It's kind of like, you know, the differences in Gaudreau's and Huberto's game are much starker than we or anybody else would have thought. He does not control the play like Johnny Gaudreau. He doesn't carry the puck up and down the ice like Johnny Gaudreau. Um, and you know what? Like, I, I don't want to sit here and crucify Lindholm, but it's like some of the things that I've been like, you know, people like, oh, he's a Selkie caliber number one centerman. And like Johnny Gaudreau is benefiting from playing with him as much as he's benefiting from playing with Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Chuck's like, yeah, I don't think so. You know, when you, when you chart what Lindholm has done over his career is like pretty middling in Carolina gets to Calgary plays with Johnny Gaudreau scores a lot of goals. Johnny Gaudreau leaves. He's struggling again, you know, and I'm not saying it's like he's only based on Johnny Gaudreau. I'm just saying so far, it looks like he's probably not a 40 goal one C that, you know, he might've been with some different players. Um, but then again, it's like, hey, Huberto's supposed to be this incredible playmaker, right? He's talking in the preseason about how Lindholm's going to score 50 goals because he's playing with them. And we haven't seen either of them deliver to their skill sets at all. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't and know it's, it's hard to know what's wrong with Guy. Like, I don't what? know what's wrong with Huberto because I've never really wa- I've never watched him play. Like when you watch Matthew Kachuk in the bubble year, you can kind of pokes you can kind of make a theory on like why he sucked that year same same with Gaudreau like some of those years where it's like yeah you can you can figure out what's wrong with this game because you've seen him play for so long you know what he looks like when he's playing well I'm not sure I know what Huberto looks like when he's playing like Hubert like he's supposed no, to be playing me either does it just mean he's setting guys up for sure goals does it does he does I guess he doesn't score much so is that what we're looking for I don't know it's a good point you, you know what you know we what know Jordan, what yeah we know what a dominant Lindholm looks like yeah we've but... seen it and that's maybe the thing is like 
maybe Lindholm just needs to get back to doing what he does. Like he's more probably a grinder than a skill guy. Like he's a guy who's tough in the D zone um, and can finish really well, but. Well, that's why I'm thinking maybe, maybe to Foley, even though he has been the best player on the line is the problem for the other two. Like maybe they need a Mangiapani. So what, what wouldn't that be? Would that be such a bad thing to try is put Mangiapani in the top line with Lindholm? Because maybe he can I'd get try them going. It. It's surprising I mean, Mangiapane's been kind of absent the last few games too, though. Yeah, it's true. But if anybody does heavy lifting and can can kind of get a, a duo going, you think it'd be, be him out of anybody, or maybe it's Connor. Well, Connor again, in the this middle. is this is kind of what I think maybe my uh, very basic idea was in the in the offseason was like if you wanted to kind of try to recreate as best you can a line from last year, Mangiapane would be the guy to slide in, in where Kachuk used to play because he does probably do a lot of the things Kachuk does better than other players. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems to be, it's not just one guy right now. It's like everybody's off. Yeah. It could just be. There's honestly, no chemistry, it seems, right? That's why, it, honestly, it could be, man. They just need to go on the road. And I know you don't necessarily like that, as you know, potential excuse because that's ultimately what it comes down to. But at the same time, man, like they these guys, there's no rhythm. There's no rhythm of a season for this Calgary Flames team. They haven't haven't played on the road yet. They've gone to Edmonton. Just fucking that's it. And they come home and they sit around and wait three nights to play another home game. It's, yeah. it's been fucking the schedule stupid. has been ridiculous across the league. Like two games, one night, four hundred games the next night, one game. 600, it's just what who made the schedule this year? That's why being on the road is nice. You can get into a rhythm, come back home, get back on the road, come back home. It's just like, you don't play fucking well, I, I hope so. games. I hope so. I would be more inclined to be like, yeah, this is if they had had a response game last night. So they, if, if, if we see shenanigans on Saturday night like we saw last night, Go then there's going to be a problem. That was a bad hockey game, dude. Because that's the thing is like, to me, it's like I watch them. I don't like. There's obviously they're struggling with chemistry, and um, I think Daryl put it a good way. He said you need to be more predictable for your teammates, which is kind of like that's a chemistry thing, right? Like you, you don't know where you're, yeah. where, where everybody is on the ice at any time. Um, but we need to see a good show. They don't. I, it's kind of a must win. I don't even know. They don't need to win because it's still early in the season. But they need to have a dominant, not even dominant. They need to play a good hockey game you gotta, on Saturday. You have to have some sort of sign of progress instead, exactly. of, e- instead of egress, because that's what we saw last game. But again, we should. No one should be freaking out. No one freaking out. Be worried because look at what we have on paper. Look at what the, the coach we've had. We've seen him what he could do last season. It's a new roster, man. We got a hell of turnover. Your top two players are gone. It's a new roster, and you lost two of the best players in the league who scored 100 points. That figured out how to play for this coach by the by last season only. It wasn't well, even the first season they played with Daryl. Yeah, and here's the thing on Huberto that I thought was interesting, that um, if you look at Johnny and Kachuk's first eight games under, under Sutter, Gaudreau had two points. Kachuk had four points. Huberto's had five points. So it's probably not fair to like retroactively look back and say Kachuk and Gaudreau were instantly 
great under Daryl Sutter. There no, seemed weren't. to be an adjustment period under, and they had a full half season that shitty bubble year. We, and we still had time to make the playoffs under Sutter, but it took too long. It took too long. Oh, totally. If that, if you recall, if that was a full season, they would have made the playoffs for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I'm not freaking out. I think there's valid reasons to be upset and frustrated and concerned with some guys. Oh, big time. But um, I mean, I, if 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 you want to go glass half full, these are key moments when teams go through bad stretches like this where the coach has ample opportunity to coach because when the players, when nothing's going right, yeah, they, they rely on the coach to tell them how to play hockey, how to remind them how to play hockey again. And that's when Daryl can go in there and really start coaching yeah. probably systems more than anything. Like he's saying, he's saying to the media. So obviously the players are getting the same message. No, it's not about what you're doing individually. So why you stink. So half full, this is a great opportunity for a team to get better because now they're going to be all ears and they're going to buy in to whatever Daryl's laying down. And what we know as fans is that Daryl knows what he's laying down is fucking good. So, well, and that's, this could be a good thing to go through this shit early, even if they lose another two games, but all they have to do really is make the playoffs You've seen this team peak at the wrong time. So even if fucking they just limp in and then they get hot at the end, Uh if that was the worst case scenario, it could be the best case. It's way too early to fucking worry. Obviously, it's frustrating to watch. So that's why we're going to air our fucking frustrations out on this thing. And hopefully you get some cathartic, (laughs) you know, emotional relief by listening to it. (laughs) But I'm still like, Lindholm is a solid NHL player. Yeah, even if he's not a top-notch Selkie caliber player, he's still a very good NHL player and a a strong top six player in the league. Say the exact same thing for Huberto. So, I'm not worried. It's just taking longer than we want because we want fucking... We want to win every fucking night. Well, and And again, yeah. And if we don't, we don't want to fucking watch what we watched last night because that's fucking so painful. But sometimes those are the growing pains. And compared with the comparison to last year being so unbelievable right in our palm of our hand, being like, yeah. shit, we are not dominating teams every single night like we did last year, which oh, probably, even, yeah, it was awesome. Probably even if Gaudreau and Kachuk were here, we probably wouldn't be doing that anyways because that was such a crazy run they were on last year. Um, but it it is hard when you have that recent, holy shit, we were so good last year. What's going on right now? It must be all the new guys' fault. Or it must be the fact Gaudreau and Kachuk are gone that we suck now. Which, you know, there's obviously some validity to that. But I think Daryl put it best. He was talking about trying to get it across the guys. And he was saying, like, talking to Huberto guys, like, you may think it's about you individually, but it's not. And that's what's hard, right? You're, you're Huberto and you're, you're sitting there going, like, I, how, how do I make, like, how do I live up to my contract? How do I, you know, replace Johnny Gaudreau? How do I score 115 points? And it's like, Daryl's hammering home that that's not what it's about. So that's probably what the adjustment is for Huberto. Yeah, which is I'm I think that's going to have a great outcome. I mean, that's a that's the long game that's sustainable, long that game gonna, that will play de- pay dividends. So we just got to stick through it. Do you want to talk any more about the Oilers game or <laughs> Seattle game? Are we done with those? No, I'd like to burn last night from my memory. The Oilers game. 
man, it's, I I can't stand losing to the Oilers. The the saddle don't like. There has to be some sort of policy we have. To you were set there. That it was the first game I was at the season. It's all Oilers fans. It's unreal. It's an embarrassment to me that season ticket holders sell their tickets to Oilers fans so much. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. You guys have been living in a shitty sea, a sea, a city <laughs> with the worst arena. Are you going to the game tonight? Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> Why do you live here? Why do you live in Calgary, dipshit? Why do you go to the games? You hate it so much. The Saddle Dome. It's such a piece of fucking it's just dump. You bum. Oh, they're the worst. Anyways, uh, you know what? I'm feeling, I was feeling pretty bad after that game last night. The Oilers game had me cheered up a little bit. So hopefully we can, hopefully we can, de- the Devils are, holy shit, are they looking good? So they're like ribeye and Buffalo in terms of fucking teams that look like they're almost fucking ready to compete. This is a good, this is a good, you know what? This is good. The Flames are really struggling playing one of the best teams in the league right now coming up on Saturday. Whew. I'm scared. <laughs> All right. Do you think we're going to see Rasich get back in the lineup or same line? Uh, is he going to be sent to Siberia or what? Why don't they put fucking uh, your best five on five player in the top six instead of fucking Lucic? Why isn't Brett Ritchie up there? Yeah, I know. Like if the one time you're going to elevate Richie, which they've done way too much in the past, like now would be a time to do it when he's playing well. No, he had some power play time. <laughs> Um, but I agree. Like instead of Lucic, he sh- he should have been up there. See, here's the problem. I'm looking ahead of the schedule. You get the Devils, which are fucking they're red hot. Then you go on the road. Get this. You play the Islanders. You play the Devils again, right? Yeah. Islanders, then New Jersey, and back to back nights, and then Boston. Oh man. So, my biggest problem is. We've been talking all year about how tough this upcoming schedule is. Yeah. You finally had two teams that you're fucking marking Win- winnable games. Count. Seattle and Nashville, back to back losses coming off a loss to Edmonton. So you get the frustration and the pain is real for sure. Um, we got to see what, what this team can do. Again, we need a fucking response game. He's going to play Markstrom. kind of has to, right? I think Markstrom goes. You need a response from everybody on this team other than Backlund and Coleman who've been good and Uyghur's been good. But we need to see we need to see what we saw so many times last year where like if there was a bad game, it was erased. Erased from history immediately. Yeah. And that's what we were expecting against Nashville. We didn't get it. So let's fucking sure as shit hope we get to see it against New Jersey. Cushion is a pillow with feathers, right? You know, for everyone that thought I was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss my ass.